patrons heard this episode first. You can be a patron too. Hit the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com slash the murder diaries pod. One of the perks our patrons get is a shout out on an episode. So thank you, Mia. Welcome to another episode of the murder diaries. I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. When Alexis Sharkey didn't show up for a date with friends on Friday, November 27th, 2020, they knew something was wrong. To start, she never reached out to let them know she couldn't make it. And on top of that, she wasn't answering any of their calls or texts, which was completely out of character for her. Alexis was part of an MLM company. Her work was mainly based in selling and recruiting through social media. So her phone was always in her hand. Even if she was busy, she would have sent a quick message to let her friends know something came up. The girls had just seen Alexis two days earlier, but now she was nowhere to be found. After making increasingly desperate attempts to get in touch with her, they agreed it was time to call the one person who would for sure know where she was, her husband, Tom. But Tom offered no answers in the search for Alexis. If anything, his behavior was weird and truthfully somewhat concerning. Little more than 24 hours later, the devastating truth would be discovered. Alexis was found murdered. This is her story. You still think it's in my head But I'm walking with the dead Alexis Lee Robinall was born February 6th, 1994 in Warren, Pennsylvania. She was known as Lexis or Lexi or Lex to her family and friends. She was the firstborn of what would become three girls. She attended Youngsville High School in Pennsylvania as part of the class of 2012 before going on to study at the University of Pittsburgh. From a very young age, Alexis was interested in the body systems and how they worked together to keep people well. She had always been active herself, and with a growing interest in health and well-being, she excelled in her bio major, minoring in exercise science and psychology. After graduation in 2016, Alexis planned to go to medical school, but she decided to take some time off in between so that she could travel and see more of the world. But instead of heading overseas, she began to work for an MLM, multi-level marketing company, in March of 2018 called Modern Nature, better known as Monet. In this position, she sold hair care, skin care, health supplements, and recruited others to do so as well online. Working online gave Alexis the freedom to travel and work from wherever she was. While working the Monet business, she began to showcase her wellness regime, healthy recipes, and information about the supplements she used. It didn't take Alexis long to build and secure a decent social media following on Instagram. Offers started to roll in for various collaborations and brand deals. On our Instagram, you can still see pictures of our international vacations, stunning scenery, and curated post shots taken at the beach by the pool, and moments of celebration like birthdays and career goals. There's no doubt that Alexis was a beautiful woman. With an enviable figure, long shiny hair, and a megawatt smile, it's no surprise that she was able to acquire her following so quickly. Besides the surface level beauty to her friends, Alexis was so much more. She was intelligent, kind, caring, and majorly ambitious. In 2012, she graduated high school at the top of her class. And then in 2016, she graduated summa cum laude from University of Pittsburgh. Her GPA was in the top 2% three years in a row, including 2016 when she graduated. Alexis was known to regularly help others out with her coursework and was a reliable and trustworthy friend to all those who knew her. She was also fiercely independent. She relied very little on her family for money and made her own way the best she could. Her mom, Stacy, described for ABC Eyewitness News that Alexis was, quote, literally a ray of sunshine from the beginning. 
She was so excited about finding her way in the world. Even though we're from a small town, she loves coming home. She wants to see the world, always wanted to see the world. What she had out there was who she was and what she believed in. After Alexis began with Monet, it took just 18 months for her to rise from the first rank market partner to the executive director rank. That's the second to highest rank. According to the 2019 income disclosure statement from Monet, executive directors averaged 34,000 a month. This is super high and Alexis outpaced those who had been with the company for years. At the time of her death, Alexis was just months away from being awarded top-in sales and an all-expenses brand-paid trip to the Bahamas. And now that we know a little bit about Alexis, let's hear about the man who would become her husband. His name was Thomas Sharkey. He was born January 22nd, 1971. He was raised in Florida before moving to Colorado and eventually settling in Texas, which is where he crossed paths with Alexis. He worked as a consultant for an oil field company, and in his free time, he was dedicated to bodybuilding. In 2018, Alexis met Tom when he chatted her up at a restaurant bar where she was waitressing in Odessa, Texas, called Twin Peaks. He was a well-known regular at Twin Peaks, and over the period of a couple months, Alexis managed to open up to him. The pair were an unlikely match given that Tom was 47 and Alexis was 23, but she insisted to friends that the age gap was irrelevant to her. She expressed that at the time, Tom treated her well and his life experience matched her mature, ambitious nature. So to her at the time, they were a perfect match. As with many new relationships, their relationship was passionate and fiery from day one. Tom flattered Alexis with generous gifts and lavish trips. These moments made ideal content for Alexis's Instagram feed. She regularly posted curated images of their relationship blooming. A perfect example of this is in one photo from February 2018. Alexis is holding a bouquet of roses and it's captioned, leave it to my man to buy me roses on the way home from the bar at 2 a.m. A little more about Tom is that he had been married twice before and had two grown children from those previous relationships. The failure of his past relationships, however, didn't stop him from wanting to marry again. In June 2019, Tom planned a hike for the pair in New York's Taganic Falls State Park to its namesake, Taganic Falls. There, he asked Alexis to marry him. Alexis announced their engagement on Instagram on June 13th with a picture of them holding hands with their arms extended, making the ring the focal point. She captioned this post, you can call me the future Mrs. Sharkey. On December 20th, 2019, six months after getting engaged, the couple made it official when they signed a marriage license at the local registrar. They both wanted a big white wedding, but they decided to do the paperwork first and organize an event for later. Their plan was to hold a huge party for friends and family in April 2020. But we all know what happened in 2020, which put an end to their wedding dreams, a global pandemic. As December rolled into January and February, the COVID pandemic slowly brought the world to a halt by March 2020. Alexis and Tom decided that seeing as their formal wedding was looking unlikely to happen, they would make another big change instead. They moved from Colorado to Houston, Texas to begin married life together in a new home and a new city. They packed up everything they owned along with their two beloved Bengals, Smokey and Asia. P.S. If you are interested in seeing these beautiful cats, Alexis ran an Instagram for one of them and it's Asia Cat with three underscores after. Back to Alexis and Tom. Over the next few months, life looked great for the pair. Alexis's Instagram showcased what appeared to be a devoted couple smashing goals with each other's support and encouragement. By this time, she had amassed more than 20,000 followers and she was being offered various sponsorships and brand deals. She was also highly successful with Monet. She was hitting target after target, making to the second highest rank executive director. 
She clearly thrived working alongside a team of other successful women. It genuinely appeared as though Alexis had it all. But behind the scenes, Alexis was harboring a painful secret. To be clear, it's only with the hindsight of her death that friends realize comments Alexis made were perhaps a potential call for help in an increasingly dangerous situation. In October 2020, Alexis went on a girl's trip to Marfa in Texas with her closest friends. While photos from the trip show a bright and smiling Alexis, her friends recall a number of vague comments she made to them about being worried about her safety, and she mentioned that she was having marriage trouble. Although there was nothing specific mentioned, her friends got this sense that Alexis thought something was about to unravel or go wrong. Hearing all of this, it's easy to wonder if she had a sense of something about to go wrong or if she was just sharing some of her life challenges as friends do. Regardless, on Wednesday, November 25th, households and workplaces were wrapping up for Thanksgiving the next day. Alexis was preparing for her first Thanksgiving with Thomas' husband and wife. Due to the pandemic, they chose not to travel as they originally hoped to do. That day, she spoke with her mom and shared that she was meeting with friends on the evening to celebrate. She gave no indication that anything was wrong. Alexis wished her parents a happy Thanksgiving and told her mom she would call again when she could. Her mom knew Alexis wasn't the type of daughter to call every day, but she kept in touch regularly and always had her phone on her, so her mom knew she could get a hold of her when she needed to. This was the last time her mom ever spoke with her. On Thursday, November 26th, Thanksgiving Day, Alexis met up with friends for an intimate Thanksgiving celebration, though there was no sign of Tom. The last known photo of Alexis was taken that night. In this photo from Thanksgiving, Alexis is standing with two friends and she isn't smiling as she always seemed to. None of the images from that night were posted to Alexis's Instagram feed. In fact, the last post Alexis made on Instagram was from a week prior. She uploaded a photo from a vacation in Tulum, Mexico from months before. The following day on Friday the 27th, Alexis had plans to meet with those same girlfriends to catch a movie. But in the lead up to the time they were supposed to meet, none of them heard from her. Still, the rest of them gathered hoping that Alexis would just show up, but she never did. As the hours passed with no replies to their calls or texts, the friends became increasingly concerned that something bad had happened to her. That night, Tom called Alexis's parents to tell them that she was missing. He told them that he reported her disappearance to the police and that a search was underway. He also recalled that the last time he had spoken to Alexis was the night prior. The day after her disappearance, Alexis's mom took to Facebook. Please share this post. My daughter, Alexis Sharkey, is missing. No one has heard from her in over 24 hours and the police are involved. She has lived in Houston, Texas since January and that was where she was last seen. Please help us find her and bring her home safely. We are so very desperate. Please share. By the time her mom's post went up on the 28th, word of Alexis's disappearance had already reached social media via her friends. Her socials were flooded with messages of support and pleas for her to be found safe and well. Everyone hoped that she had just gone away for the night for some space. However, her friends sensed right away that there was more to her disappearance. Meanwhile, less than three miles from the home Tom and Alexis shared, a Houston Public Works employee noticed something unusual in the brush on the side of the road. It was around 8 a.m. on the 28th, near the 1000 block of Red Haw Lane, near the Katy Freeway and Eldridge Parkway. The worker pulled over to take a closer look and was horrified to discover that what they had seen were human feet protruding from the underbrush. Behind the branches, he found the body of a naked woman. Almost serene in her stillness, there were no signs of visible injuries on her body, and the silence of the scene almost gave the impression of her being a mannequin. 
He immediately called the police who responded to the scene and removed the body for identification and autopsy. The following day, while loved ones of Alexis were carrying out their search, Tom was notified that the body found the day before was that of his wife. He was asked to visit the morgue to formally identify her remains. When that process was complete, Alexis's parents were informed and her mother posted a heartbreaking message to her Facebook page. It's with deeply broken hearts that Mike and I want to let you all know that Lexi's body has been found. We cannot begin to thank you all for your love and kind words you've extended to our family. Please give us this time to grieve this incredible loss to our family and this world. We will miss you, love. Around the same time, Tom posted a photo of Alexis alongside the words, my world, my everything, I'm so lost right now, my one and only. Naturally, given the suspicious circumstances in which Alexis was found, an investigation was opened into her death. While her family awaited results from the autopsy, the police attempted to piece together her final hours. They spoke with her friends and, of course, Tom, her husband. The two stories couldn't have been more different. Her friends told officers how Alexis had made those strange remarks during their trip away in October. Bit by bit, all their conversations with Alexis over the previous few months were pieced together, and combined, they painted an altogether more disturbing picture of what life was like for Alexis within her supposed perfect marriage. Alexis had made comments expressing that she felt like Tom was controlling her. She also mentioned that she was considering getting a divorce. In one particular conversation, Alexis had told a friend that Tom had choked her to the point of being unconscious, not just once, but on multiple occasions. Friends also told officers that this so-called fresh start when Alexis and Tom moved from Colorado to Texas was an effort of Tom trying to isolate her from her entire support network. They all agreed that Tom had likely murdered Alexis after an argument and Alexis expressing she was going to leave. A case of, if I can't have her, no one can. Alexis' parents also thought that their daughter's death was the result of foul play, though they stopped short of pointing the finger at Tom. Her mom was interviewed when the story broke and she commented, I do believe she was murdered. Yes, from what I've been able to gather as well as a mother's gut. I learned very young as a mom to trust my gut. It's not let me down. We're very broken. We're very brokenhearted. It's just painful for someone so bright and having so much to offer. Just to be gone, to be snuffed out. I don't know why. I don't know why. The horrific nature of her last moments must have been, I can't even, I can't even go there. Hearing Alexis's mom's words is heartbreaking. But I want to take a minute and talk about what Tom had to say in response to all of this. Tom's perspective couldn't have been more different than Alexis's friends. He confirmed that he'd seen Alexis the night before her body was found, but he swore they hadn't argued. He did admit, however, that Alexis had left the house unexpectedly. He stated, she understood me. I understood her. We didn't fight when she left. I just told her she couldn't drive under the influence. She left anyhow. This is where we're at. Time went on, and six weeks after her death, the interviews of the couple's loved ones continued. Alexis's autopsy results were revealed as well. They found that Alexis had died by strangulation. Given that she had been seen alive just 12 hours before her body was found, it was fairly straightforward to narrow down her time of death to the early hours of Saturday morning. With this new information, Alexis's death was officially ruled a homicide, and detectives were brought in to find her killer. From the outset, the investigation would prove difficult. There was limited physical evidence to immediately identify her attacker or attackers. This was due to the fact that Alexis was completely naked when she was discovered. 
Thus, the investigation began with those closest to her in the hopes they could pinpoint something that would give them more information, something to go off of. Given the fact that Alexis was an influencer, it's going to come at no surprise that social media was a key component of the homicide investigation. While a really helpful starting point, those same platforms also came alive with rumors and assumptions about who killed Alexis. It will come as no surprise that most people were pointing their finger at Tom. In response to the allegations of being responsible for his wife's death, Tom posted regular updates to his Facebook page. He told followers that he was cooperating with detectives and he expected them to find whoever was responsible for her death. The day after identifying her body, he wrote, I just want to say this. While some of you were posting on social media helping us locate my world and we appreciate all of your help, love, and support, others were wasting time talking about other things. Basically, crap talk. And if my wife would have seen this, she would have been disappointed in your actions. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. I have been assisting the deputies and making phone calls to find out what happened to my wife. Next time, stop and think and realize you don't know it all. Hours later, he posted a picture alongside a caption, baby, please give me strength. Do you remember when we talked and joked about getting old? And I said, that's the one thing you would never beat me at. And we laughed so hard because you're so competitive. Then later, he posted another picture and captioned it, you made life so incredible, made sense of my existence, my purpose, and showed me how to truly love. Tom gave media interviews where he stated that he was destroyed by his wife's death. And the only part of the rumors that were true was that she wasn't as happy as what she shared on her Instagram. Quote, she wasn't happy. She was stressed. I would cuddle her and try to make her strong. She was an amazing woman. Sir, my wife was an amazing woman. She really was. There's always other sides to everything. I was the one holding her, cuddling her, and building her back up. I don't need to set the record straight. I'll let it play out the way it is. I know what my life was with my wife. He reiterated that they didn't argue the night before she left and that he had nothing to do with her death. He went on to claim that he was getting death threats as a result of people sharing rumors online. At this same time, some rather surprising facts were released about the hours surrounding Alexis's disappearance. Remember how Tom had called Alexis's parents to let them know she was missing? Well, that call was made on Saturday afternoon, almost a day since Tom had last seen her. Also, it turns out it wasn't Tom that filed a missing persons report, like he had told her parents. It was her friends who had gone to the police when she didn't show up for their hangout date. In fact, by the time Tom called her parents, the police had already spoken to him regarding her disappearance. Yet Tom led her parents to believe that she had only just gone missing and that he was the one who had reported it. To me, it seems like the only reason he called them in the first place was because her friends were beginning to post about her disappearance on social media, and they were going to find out either way. Furthermore, her parents revealed that during this call, Tom was far from being desperate and worried for his wife's safety. He even complained during the call about her recent behavior and put the blame on her for her own disappearance. In subsequent phone calls, he expressed what a good husband he was and how he had tried to support her, but Alexis was determined to do her own thing anyways. Their concerns about Tom's behavior deepened when they contacted him to ask that he release some of Alexis's personal belongings back to them. In particular, they asked to take her beloved cats as she doted upon them and her parents felt that they would offer some comfort to the cats during their grief. Despite a number of promises to organize for her items to be shipped to her parents, Tom eventually stopped returning their calls, and to this day, they have no idea what happened to the two Bengal cats, Asia and Smokey. On top of this, 
Two weeks after Alexis was murdered, Tom packed up the house he once shared with her and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. By then, the investigation was heating up and more and more red flags were coming out about Tom's history. A few weeks before Alexis went missing, Tom wrote a post on his Facebook page where he stated, when a person loses all they consider everything in their life and they're at their own personal rock bottom, it's then that you see who they truly are and choose to be. Life hits hard, hit harder. This is a message for a friend. Now, get up, rub some dirt in it. I know who you are. Now show me. Maybe at the time he had made that post, it didn't seem that strange, but... In the light of his wife's murder, it's strange. There's truly no more disturbing example of Tom's strange behavior than what he did when Alexis's remains were released. Because Alexis and Tom were married, he was listed as her next of kin. Remember, he was the one who formally identified her body at the morgue. And naturally, you would assume he would be the one to organize having her body collected and prepared for her funeral. Except he never showed. He didn't even return calls from the medical examiner. And eventually, he just point blank refused to organize the collection of the body. In fact, because of this, Alexis's body remained in a cold stainless steel drawer for more than a month before officials had become so frustrated by Tom's lack of cooperation that they appointed Alexis's mother as her next of kin. Of course, Stacy immediately claimed her daughter's body and organized for it to be returned to Pennsylvania for a funeral and burial. Once the preparations were made, an emotional farewell was held for close family and friends. Tom was not invited, and the ceremony was held in private. This is after they had already postponed one funeral event that was supposed to be held December 3rd. By January 2020, less than two months after Alexis was murdered, investigators had ruled out every other suspect in Alexis's murder, leaving just one name on their list, Thomas Sharkey. They determined that he was the only person with the means, motive, and opportunity to have killed Alexis. During the course of their investigation, they confirmed that there was a history of domestic violence in their marriage. While Tom had asserted that his wife's friends were just gossiping or had misinterpreted comments Alexis had made, investigators had confirmation that for at least a few months prior, Alexis had felt unsafe in her own home. Alexis's kindness and forgiving nature extended to Tom. She didn't keep it a secret from him that she wanted to leave. And what's more, as many of us know, the time of leaving is one of the most dangerous for those experiencing intimate partner violence. Alexis was clear with her feelings and had mentioned separation and divorce to Tom. She had even begun to sleep in a separate room. With this information and clear evidence that Tom had been untruthful in his various statements to officers, they determined that Tom killed Alexis. But they needed one more final piece of evidence to cinch the case. A sample of Tom's DNA. After months of trying and failing to make contact with him, investigators were surprised when Tom agreed to meet them face-to-face in Georgia. Officials had planned to use this opportunity to present Tom with a warrant and get the sample. But yet again, Tom didn't show. Over the coming weeks, officials struggled to track Tom down. He appeared to be constantly on the move, evading their calls and emails. Not only is Tom's failure to provide a sample willingly a red flag, but it's a major setback for the investigation. On top of that, Due to the different rules and jurisdictions in the different states here in the U.S., it would take until September 29th for U.S. Marshals to get involved and secure a warrant for Tom's arrest. The plan was to take him into custody and return him to the county where Alexis's murder had taken place. There, he would be formally charged with the murder. But by the time the warrant was issued, 
Federal investigators had no idea where Tom was, and all they could do was wait until they discovered where he was hiding. On October 5th, 2021, officials learned that Tom was staying with his adult daughter in Fort Myers, Florida. Officials were justifiably concerned that Tom would flee or fight back when he learned that they had a warrant for his arrest. And due to the considerable amount of media interest, they decided to keep the warrant a secret. The plan was to strike the house at the dead of night. This way, they could limit Tom's opportunity to fight back. Little did they know that Tom would go all the way to avoiding facing justice for his role in the death of his wife, Alexis Sharkey. At 1 a.m. on October 6, 2021, officials converged on the two-story home of Tom's daughter. They knocked on the door and announced their warrant for Tom's arrest, and they demanded he come out with his hands up. But instead of cooperating and giving himself up, Tom ran upstairs onto the second level. He went into a large closet, and while his daughter was downstairs facing fully armed officers surrounding her home, Tom took a gun and shot himself in the head, dying instantly. In a sick turn of events, it's Tom's daughter who was required to formally identify her father. In a press conference held the day after, officials revealed that Tom's family were unaware he was wanted in connection with Alexis's murder. He had never shared any details to them. After Tom's suicide, Alexis's mom spoke with local media, where she extended her heartfelt condolences to the family of her daughter's husband. She stated, I'm super sorry for Tom's family because they are so innocent in all of this. I'm sure they are very sad, especially his daughter, for how that went down. It's such a senseless loss that happened with my daughter and then him. I'm just sorry for all of that. It's been a horrific year. Her mom also shared words on what would have been her daughter's birthday. Today and every day, it's fitting to celebrate and remember your beautiful soul, spirit, and life. You remind us to cherish and embrace every single day of this life, which is exactly what you did. We will. For now, Alexis leaves us with a harrowing reminder from a tattoo on her upper right thigh. What you can't see is more real than what you can see. Until next time, be sure to follow us on our socials at The Murder Diaries Pod and check out our Patreon for more Murder Diaries content. And don't forget, Stay safe. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.